Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Boy, girl, that's 50-50. Let's test your skills for real. What number am I thinking of? Three, 11, 25, three again, Bulbasaur. What the hell is a Bulbasaur? <laughs> so weird. Why would I be thinking about Pokemon at a time like this? Yep, definitely a telepath. But how? If the baby is not a meta, then where did these powers come from? Nope, I wasn't on the bus. No, I was not abducted by aliens. No, I didn't inherit a mystic totem from my grandma. Really, guys? Why are you still thinking about Bulbasaur? He's the cutest one of all! What's up, Primers, and welcome to this issue 94 of the DC Primetime Podcast, uh, quickly approaching that 100th issue that I know we're, uh, we're still working on doing something pretty big. But from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Capping Crew cast of pods with a head cold, I am Rob Martin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of those dragon weeks. Yeah. Uh, we're, yeah. We're a day late right now. Because uh, you uh, were at Wicked Fair this past weekend. Yep, my wife was performing, and uh, me and Paul were doing some stuff at the event as well. She was vending, and it was just a long, just a long weekend. So uh, of course, I I had the flu right in time to get ready to leave for the show. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and uh, but you know what, uh, we still had a nice time. It was nice to see friends. But I know um, not to get into too much detail, but I think this will be the final Wicked Fair you guys are attending. Correct? Uh, for the foreseeable future, yeah. uh, yes. There's some things going on. I'd rather not get it into it. Exactly. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there were some things going on. But uh, but we still had a nice time. We had a lot of good friends there, and it's always nice to see our friends from out of town. So good. Good. I know uh, you had a good time attending that, and I know me being here in the city of Philadelphia, uh, we had a good time. The city as a whole had a good time this weekend. Uh, Special. I don't know if any of them listen. I highly doubt they do, but uh, you never know. They might be DC fans, and uh, if they are, even if they're not, uh, huge congratulations goes out to the city of Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Eagles for being the Super Bowl champions. Yeah, it's uh, it was kind of cool, even not watching the game last night, just watching and hearing um, everything and the chaos. Uh, every time anybody scored around our neck of the woods, uh, there were uh, fireworks going off. Every time there was a single, you know, field goal kicked or you know touchdown, like you know, run in or caught, it was just it was insane, and it was something was that was just amazing to see. Uh, was as the game was wrapping up and they were declared, you know, the winners of uh, the Super Bowl, uh, just opening up my door and just being in the middle of the burbs. Uh, the burbs are quiet normally, uh, but having an apartment complex not far from me, uh, you could hear people cheering 
like wherever you opened, whenever you opened up a window and people posted up videos like that all over the place. Yeah. And it was just a cool thing to see. And yes, our city is still standing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I know so. we've uh, we've probably already lost Anne as a listener at this point. Uh, <laughs> because Anne is a huge New England Patriots fan. And, and uh, sorry, your team didn't pull it off this year. But you have five but, other championships. So you've got other stuff. But yeah, that was, yeah, congrats to Philly, though. This is the first Super Bowl win for them ever. So that's uh, kind of awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty um, huge for but, our city. And, uh... and everybody, everybody that I was talking to has said the game was just nail biting until the end. So oh, my God. It was, it was, it was just so that tense. last three minutes. So regardless, it seems like both teams really came to play. So that was awesome. So. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Huge sense of pride for my city. Uh, and a huge congratulations goes out to the city as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple things uh, to discuss before we get into talking about this week's shows. Uh, I want to mention this in the beginning of the episode only because the last couple times I've mentioned it, it's been at the end. And um, I feel like people haven't really been taking advantage of it. Some people have. And uh, I want to mention it in the beginning so that hopefully people can. Because uh, I know sometimes I'm guilty of it too. When you listen to a podcast, once you get through the meat of the podcast, you kind of tone out at the end. Um, it's one of the reasons why we do our cheap plugs at the end, even though we should do them at the beginning. Uh, we know half the time people aren't even hearing them because they've kind of checked out at that point. Uh, they've gotten through the reviews of the shows and they've kind of moved on. So with that being said, uh, for those of you that don't know already because you do are guilty of doing that, uh, we have a voicemail. Uh, we've had for a couple weeks now, and I want people to be able to use this voicemail. It's toll-free in the U.S. and Canada if you have any kind of opinions that you want to share, any stories or anything like that. Uh, if you want to tell us we're wrong about an opinion or you want to share the, 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 the same opinion that we have, uh, give us a call and leave us a voicemail. It's as simple as that. Uh, the number one eight 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 two four seven five three eight zero. Uh, and it's always in the description of the podcast as well if you subscribe on iTunes and such. Uh, but again, 888-247-5380, toll-free in the United States and Canada. Uh, give us a call, even if it's just to say hi. Leave us a voicemail, and you never know. We could uh, we could play it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, before we get into this, is we mentioned a couple weeks back – uh, that we were going to start doing a Fan of the Month contest. And we are going to be choosing January's Fan of the Month this week. So uh, keep an eye. Listen for in next week's episode of DC Primetime. We're going to announce who the winner is. And uh, Rob, the, the prize was your idea. So why don't you tell everybody what uh, our January's Fan of the Month is going to win. Yes. Yeah, so a little while back, I don't want to say this was maybe right around October, give or take. I think so. Um, it was like September, October. Uh, we came up with a new DC primetime logo that incorporate, uh, incorporated black lightning. Um, and that was kind of that little um, uh, I think the image was just that kind of that clock with like that kind of like wormhole look to it with the S shield. Um, with the arrows crossed behind it, the lightning going through it, and then the classic lightning bolt all kind of combined together and looked really, it turned out really nicely. Uh, but we decided that is going to be on a hoodie. We will contact you. You can let us know your hoodie size. We will have one printed and one sent out to you. Um, and there'll be no, probably no logo uh, outside of that. It'll just be on the front. It won't say anything. So uh, it'll just be nice and catchy. But we just ask that when somebody asks you, where did you get that? And this does pimp our podcast. That's yeah. it. So. Yeah, and when you receive it, take a picture. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to see what it looks like on you, and we want to see what it, uh, 
you know uh, what you think of it when you get it. Uh, but yeah, we're going to uh, announce the fan of the week, or fan of the month for January next episode of DC Prime Time. Uh, so episode ninety five, which would be next. Uh, next Monday is when we'll be posting that Monday morning. Uh, and if you want to be eligible for future fan of the month, it's very simple. All you have to do is if you don't already be a f- like, uh, be a subscriber to us on iTunes and also f- like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash DC primetime. Uh, because we choose the fan of the month by people who, uh, from, um, people who like and comment on our posts. So as long as you like our posts, comment on our posts, you are eligible to be fan of the month. It as simple as that yep so just engage in the community and that's it so simple as that yes uh all right so four shows to talk about this week and let's let's get into it shall we yeah uh, starting off first, we'll do our, we're going to do our ranking one of three point superhero, uh, sidekick, hero, or legend for the show. Starting off first with season three, episode twelve of Supergirl. Uh, Rob, we'll start with you. Sidekick, hero, or legend for this week. I was going to give this a hero, and then something happened at the end that we'll talk about when we uh, break this down. That uh, immediately, immediately pushed it into legend territory. Maybe a low legend still, but still a legend nonetheless. Uh, yeah, a legend for uh, Supergirl for me. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm right there with you. It was that one particular moment of the show that I was, I think I lit up uh, like a little kid when I was watching it. So, and, and it pushed it into legend for me as well. So I'm giving this one a legend. Uh, next up, we have the flash season four, episode 12 sidekick hero or legend. Uh, while it was funny as could be, uh, there was a lot of really great moments in this one, especially a return of a certain therapist uh, that had me uh definitely get a good laugh and our line of the week comes from this one as well but um i think this one lacked a little bit of meat uh with the exception of the very end so i'm gonna still say fun episode but still just a hero yeah you know i was actually when we were talking about this before we were recording i was i was in the hero territory too but uh thinking about it a little bit more um and you kind of just touched base on it with the the final moment of the episode um i was a huge fan of that moment uh, I thought it was very touching, and I thought it was very reminiscent to my all-time, my favorite movie of all time, uh, which I'll talk about later. And I think just similar to Supergirl, I think that final moment kind of pushed this right into legend. Uh, low legend for me, but I think I'm going to give it a legend. Cool. So, uh, Next up, Black Lightning, Season 1, Episode 3, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? Man, I just love the show. <laughs> um, absolutely. And again, it's I can say it again here, even before we get into the thick of it. Uh, man, this doesn't even need any super heroics in it. I love the show. I think it's brilliant. And uh, this is getting a legend week three out of three for me. Yeah, legend for me as well. Um, and I know we've mentioned it before. Other people have mentioned it on the website. But uh, James Remar is a fantastic addition to this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, even more in particular this episode, and we'll get into that a little bit more as we're breaking it down. So legend for me. Uh, and lastly, we have Arrow Season 6, Episode 12, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? Uh, this is getting a hero for me. Uh, it's going to be a high hero, though. Uh, it's it's starting to get into cool, interesting territory. Uh, and there was definitely some doubt thrown at the viewers this week as far as who the big bad is. And that makes me even happier. Because currently I'm not a big fan of the current big bad of this season. Um, but uh, there was, aside from that, though, some other really cool things that went down. And uh, I really am enjoying this. Um, so, yeah, this is getting a very high hero. Um, 
And actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm going to give I'm going to give Arrow a legend. I'm going right. to give that a low legend this week. I think it deserved it this week. I think okay. it really did. Uh, I'm sticking with Hero. I'm going high Hero, um, as you did uh, originally in the beginning of this one. There were quite a few things, as you mentioned, with the big bads or um, the mystery of the big bad at this point. Because you're right. There were definitely some clues alluded to that could lead to the the possibility that the person or people we think are the big bad are not the big bad at all. Uh, so it'll be interesting to explore that as the show progresses further. And... Um, the loss of a character this episode as well. So, or at least, I'm pretty sure. The loss uh, of yeah, a no, there was very much a loss of a character. And that was one of the, those things when I thought about it. I'm like, nope, this actually gets a legend because it's a character I didn't care about that I ended up kind of like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed. Now. Yeah, <laughs> especially, uh, that, after so. I, especially after something I had said about this character last week. Yes. Uh, about so. how... So, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get into the uh, the episode breakdowns. Uh, but let's jump back to the beginning, talking about Supergirl, of course, the first show of the week. Season 3, episode 12, titled For Good, Morgan Edge accuses Lena of plotting an attempt on her life, and Kara steps in to help her. Uh, 7.8 rating from IMDB on this one. IGN gave this one a 6.2, so just an okay uh, ranking from this, but we gave this um, we gave this a legend primarily just for the end moment um, that came of this, and it, it's because I don't know maybe we're we're giving too much gravitas to that final moment to push this into a legend because if you think about it, there really was not a lot of things. There's really not a lot that happens in the meat of this episode. It's it's really a battle of Morgan versus Lena. It really was, and uh, you know what? It's still okay because it's one of those things I just never thought I'd see on the small screen, and they this made me that. Ex- it, it, you know what it was? I'll put it this way: it was the crossover from last year, not the. Uh, and when I mean that, I mean invasion, the invasion crossover, not uh, Crisis on Earth X. When we saw the Hall of Justice, it had one of those moments that just made me so giddy and so happy, and they made it work and look good and play right on screen, <laughs> and it didn't come off cheesy or stupid. And it was just fun. And it just made me uh, this so so ec- ecstatic to see it. Plus, we got to see Guardians suit up again. So yes. it, was a, it was a win-win for this. And uh, you know what? I, I really still enjoyed the episode as a whole. So Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about, before we get into that final moment, because, again, it's something that made me giddy as well. And not only that, but it was something I didn't see coming. Like, it came out of nowhere. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I love that moment so much. And, and as you mentioned, too, we got to see Guardian suit up. But let's talk a little bit about the, the Morgan Edge, uh, Lena Luther dynamic throughout this episode. I'm, I mean, these are two people that we know are highly dynamic characters, uh, dynamic personalities in their own right in the show. So it only makes sense that you have two personalities like this. They're going to try and kill each other. Uh, there's only room for one personality personality like that. Um, but I was kind of almost expecting it to be one person who kind of turned the two of them against each other. I didn't realize that this really was exactly what it appeared to be in that Morgan Edge tried to kill Lena. Uh, and, and it's because at one point Lena did try to kill Morgan Edge. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, it makes me... I kind of get that. I mean, it's it's kind of odd to say this because Lena is a Luther, but I almost get that Lex feeling from Morgan Edge. Yeah, and I think actually that does play really well. But the thing is, like you know, with their little back and forth, like war between the two of each, uh, two of themselves, 
Um, the person that kind of twisted the knife at the end of all of this was not a character I even had in my crosshairs in my brain. Uh, I did not expect to see Lillian Luther come back into the mix this week, maybe because I haven't been paying attention to promos as much recently and I've been a little busy. Uh, but the episode was kind of like a by the numbers. And then that twist happened. And I'm like, oh, I'm invested again. Um, and it was enough uh, enough for me to really kind of be kind of like, OK, this is not just a run in the mill throwaway, the ep- throwaway episode. Uh, this could be building towards something else down the road. Um, and even if it wasn't, it was still an entertaining story. So. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that you have to kind of realize with with the return of Lillian Luther. Uh, it's one of those things that you kind of tend to forget in that she still exists. Hank Henshaw still exists. Jeremiah Danvers still exists. These three people are still out there, as does Cadmus. So this is a storyline a story that they can return to in time. And it makes me wonder where this is going to play hopefully the the end result of this with uh lillian luther being locked up and in prison uh isn't their way of kind of saying okay let's wrap up this storyline and because if it is it's kind of disappointing to see it end that way i think there's still plenty more to come still for those characters and hopefully that also means a better caution for hank henshaw um yeah so we'll see on that one um but i think uh i think we're going to see some changes and you know what, though? I'm perfectly, perfectly happy with where this went, though, with these characters. There wasn't a ton to talk about, really, this week. You're right, though. There was uh, uh, not even a lot from, you know, the the Legion of Superheroes. It was a, just Monel this week. No Saturn, no Saturn girl, girl, no Brainy. No Brainiac. Uh, yeah. Um, this was just a very by the numbers classic, you know, Supergirl storyline. We didn't see too, too much of Rain this week, uh, with the exception of the follow up from last week, where we saw. Um, Alex and Samantha sitting down and Samantha kind of saying, I'm losing time. This is what's going on. They tried to run tests and not being able to put things together and the reasons why. But they know we are headed somewhere with things right now. And I have a feeling that while we're recording this, we're only an hour, actually not even an hour, we're about 15 minutes away probably from that. The the end of that storyline playing out with the question of, well, what's really going on with them? And I think everyone's going to find out before the end of tonight. So, Well, yeah, because this week is the midseason finale of Supergirl. And it's going to be, I think, what, about a nine-week break? Yeah, uh, and sorry, they said, they said the midwinter finale is how they officially stated it. Which oh, okay. is right. kind, of, kind of dumb, but, uh, yeah. but hey. <laughs> You know, it is what it is. Uh, but I will stay, still say for the last couple of weeks of the show, it's been proving to be a ton of fun. Um, they haven't really slowed down. And uh, I love the fact that even this is a kind of a as much of a throwaway episode as this was uh, that in the grand scheme of things with all of this, uh, they still had that little surprise for us at the end. So, well, before we even get into that, I want to you mentioned a throwaway episode. And I think for the for the main storyline, it is a little bit of a throwaway episode, but there's one element of this episode that I feel like is definitely not throwaway and something that we really did need for going into this midwinter finale. And that's the relationship with um, with Alex, with Kara and with uh, crap. I hit back on my <laughs> on my browser. Um, uh with Samantha, with Alex, and with Kara, is that I think this midwinter finale is going to be the episode where because they're all working together to trying out trying to find out what is wrong with Samantha, and I think this is going to be that episode where probably by the end everybody's going to know who Rain is. Absolutely, I, I think that's not even a question. I think we're we're definitely gonna that's going to be the big 
point here. And I'm very curious to see what the, uh, you know, what the ramifications are, what that cliffhanger is at the end of tonight. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that if we, I feel like without this last episode uh, and going through the motions of that whole scene with them with them testing her and telling about how they're all friends and their family and they're all there for her and you know with Samantha's daughter you know where would she be without Samantha around I feel without that out of this episode the reveal of Samantha being Rain would be. Almost a little lackluster. I think this everything from this episode is what puts all the emotion behind the reveal. I think so. And I, I think that's it's going to help change things a little bit. Like we've seen, you know, the buildings of a friendship between, you know, Kara and Samantha, Lena and Samantha and all those all those characters. But the fact that you can see a bond of trust really happening between those those people, it's been actually kind of fun to watch. And the fact that they humanized Samantha from the very beginning of the series or this season, I'm sorry. Um, makes her a really interesting character right off the bat. Now, we already know in this episode that they found four potential candidates for the other world killers, uh, knowing that there's two more out there. Uh, and Kara already had a vision of one of them. So we already know this coming week is when we're going to be dealing with pestilence, I believe, is uh, purity. 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 Yes. Uh, purity is this week. and uh, But they all, it still leaves the question of the final world killer. Uh, but we did get the confirmation as well this week is uh, that these are not true Kryptonians. They were just created on Krypton. That's all it was. Yes. So uh, so that was nice that they actually did state that these people were, you know, basically grown in a lab. And that makes that a little bit more interesting, ties that nicely back together in the comic book lore and version of who these characters really were. Uh, makes this a little bit more in line with the, the classic version of Rain as a character. So. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing this continue to play out. I, I am kind of feeling a little bummed that we only have, you know, the episode that's airing tonight. Um, and then we have to wait, you know, two and a half months before we get to see this kind of, you know, culminate into its finale. Because they're doing a really great job here of righting a lot of the wrongs that Supergirl has had as a show. And they're on this really brilliant stride. And I hate to see them lose that now. So. Yeah, I mean you're right. They're they're definitely on an up step. So uh, it's it'll be interesting to see if them taking this break is uh, is going to kind of kill a little bit of that momentum, or hopefully it's going to stay, and we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, I think the the key is how strong this show returns when it does. Yeah. So, uh, but before we move on, we got to talk about that moment. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Lillian Luther kind of like I don't really care. I'm still gonna kill Morgan Edge. I don't care what you're going to do about it. Lena kind of not, you know, resting on her laurels and her hate of edge kind of like, well, I'm going to save the day. And, uh, well, <laughs> uh, as she still attempts to save the day and try to warn edge, uh, when Lillian shows up, what does she bring with her? That uh, first <laughs> appears to be nothing but just an average drone with, uh, you know, machine guns mounted to it, but the Lex core power armor. <laughs> so, Oh, God, it looks so good. It was so amazing to see that pop up and how it happened. It was almost like Lex Power Armor meets Iron Man. Yeah, nicely done, too. It was really kind of, you know, when you saw it kind of like open up and you're like, oh, it's going to be kind of like the suit that we saw, you know, a couple seasons ago that Alex, you know, Alex wore uh, for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, no, there's there's the logo. There's that that, you know, like flipped upside down symbol and in yellow and the whole nine. And then as soon as you saw that green though, kind of wrap around the Lillian's like, you knew exactly what you were about to see. 
Yeah. And oh god it was so giddy i was so happy <laughs> and it's so funny too because i know listener shad had posted i think either like tuesday night or wednesday night i uh, had posted to the web page and all it said was that moment from supergirl and i didn't know what to expect because i hadn't watched it yet i know you and i watch these relatively closer to when we record rather than when they air uh and we take a risk doing that because obviously the listeners can post spoilers to the page but uh thankfully nobody really does and it, I waited until – and just watched the episode. I'm like, oh, I don't know what moment he's talking about. And then when that happened, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the moment. That was it right there. <laughs> yeah, after the end of the episode, I'm like, oh, that post makes all the sense now. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I loved it. I absolutely enjoyed it so much. But it was it was just enough to just teeter it over uh, into a territory that just made me just happy and – really enjoy the fact that i actually closed with that episode of all the shows i watched this week so um and i was like wow that's a great way to end cap my shows for the week so yeah it was great loved it uh looking forward to this week obviously as we were just talking it's going to be airing tonight while we were recording um is the the midwinter finale season three episode 13 titled both sides now uh and it's going to deal with uh the capture of one of the world killers as we had mentioned purity so we'll see what's going to happen and uh imdb already has a rating on it and i'm really hopeful because the rating is 9.4 out of 10 hmm so okay. that means if if that's living up to it and it's it's going off an advanced viewing of this episode, it's going to be a pretty amazing midwinter finale. Uh you know what? Bring it. I'm ready. Yep. Um I you know, I don't think they would do what they're doing right now if they didn't have confidence in the episode. So Yeah, right there uh, with you. So, cool. Um but yeah, uh I got to say though too, really nice to see James suited back up as Guardian this week. Uh we got to see a little bit more of him than I actually anticipated we would. And uh yeah, it was just nice to see him back back in the uh in the mix again of the superheroics. But I do want to say I want to make one prediction about Supergirl when it comes to be- sometime between now and the end of the season. Um I think it's very obvious at some point that because Kara and Alex are going to find out that Samantha is Rain. I think the reverse is going to happen as well as that. Samantha is going to, in in return, find out that Kara is Supergirl and Alex is working with Supergirl. Um, I think that's going to happen. But I'm going to make even a bolder prediction. I think that by the end of this season, Lena is going to find out as well. Um, very possible. Uh, I I don't know yet. I will. We will wait and see. <laughs> so. I mean, they they kind of already hinted at it in that yeah. Lena, when Kara picked up Lena and carried her after she had been poisoned, Lena kind of remembered it. She she said she had a dream that Kara had picked her up and flown her away. So I think the seeds have been planted, uh, but I think it's still going to be a little bit of time before it's actually revealed. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I think that was kind of interesting. And you saw that really nice touching moment between um, John and, and Kara, you know, with the DEO this episode between them saying, you know, hey, you know, what you did was really, you know, impressive, basically showing the fact that you were willing to risk your identity for a friend. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Let's move on to The Flash. Uh, season four, episode 12. Honey, I shrunk the team. The team battle on Meta who can shrink anything he touches. Uh, Cecile's pregnancy gives her temporary powers. Uh, that was some of the 
funniest moments from this show came from that particular thing as well. Uh, I IMDb gave this and gave this an eight point five, as well as IGN gave this an eight point four. So they are right on the same page when it came to this one. And eight point four in our ranking would rate as a legend. So, uh, uh, well, I went high hero. So you, well, I'm just saying it with our ranking, it would be oh yeah a legend. But I gave this a legend. You gave this yeah. a high hero. So yep. we're still. Yeah, we're right on the cusp there. So, yep. Yeah, eight is what merits a low legend, and I'm a low legend. You're a high hero, so we're yeah, we're so all I'm about seven five. So yeah, yeah, we uh, yep. average right on that cusp. So all right on the along the same page. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun moments that came from this, uh, as well as um, finding out another meta who was in fact on the bus. So I think that brings us to bring us to four or five. Uh, where I think we're at eight. Oh my god, I'm way off. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, well, we have we have Ralph. We had um, the girl with the luck. We have the guy that is now. Um, uh, the luck was Hazard. Uh, we oh god, um, trying to remember the, the guy that we, cried. The guy that cried the tears. Uh, we had the dude that was radioactive from uh, a couple so episodes ago. That's that's five. We have the guy from this episode. Um, uh, uh, what does this guy call him? Bi- uh, Biomax or, or the bio. Uh, I can't remember his name. Crap. Uh, he was the first one that we dealt with that could control electronics when the suit went haywire. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he oh, was yeah, the so one that died. He was the one that died in, this, uh, in the cell. So, yeah. And Dwarf Star. Dwarf Star was and the Dwarf name Star that was he, this he gave him today. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're at like seven. I think I think we're at the seven mark. And I think. Oh, uh, and uh, and who Devote actually ended up. Uh, Taking yeah. the body of Dominic. I did. Yeah, I counted him. Um, okay. Yep. So I, I think we're at seven or eight. I think you're right. Uh, I was a little off with everything, uh, but yeah. So we're we're still finally uh, we're, we're still more to go though because I think what twelve people on the bus. Yes. Yeah. So still some more, still some more to go before we find out. But some of the stuff that came out of Dwarf Star um, was was a lot of fun, um, and I think. While we give this a high hero, we didn't give this a legend. Well, you didn't give this a legend. I gave it a legend, but more particular for the the final moments of the episode. Um, the meat of the episode itself is a hero. Um, and, the very and, interactions and, in Big Sur, I think, were were very strong, though. I, I yes. do agree with you. I think they were quite wonderful. Yes. Um, I mean, the ending moment, uh, very reminiscent to Shawshank. Um, mm-hmm. not, not reminiscent as in, like, uh, you know, Andy Dufresne was was the flash and ran off um mm-hmm. you know with red but um i just loved that he ended up outside in a location where i know we're jumping right to the end too but big sir ending up in china with a note that says sometimes you get the movie ending that mm-hmm. is a direct call to shawshank redemption yeah so which i absolutely loved but uh, all right you know i'm 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 getting too far ahead of myself um <laughs> Because there was a big moment that did happen at the end of the episode, very end of the episode, after the Big Sur moment, that I'm very curious where they're going to go with this now and what's going to happen with this. But uh, let's jump back to the beginning and let's talk a little bit more about the the Dwarf Star, uh, Cisco, um, Ralph, and that whole interaction. Uh, we find out that Dwarf Star is a metahuman created by barry uh who's one of the bus uh one of the bus passengers who was affected by the dark matter and now is has the ability to 
I don't want to say shrink things because it was described much more in detail in the uh, no, episode. No, he shrunk stuff. The That's... title is even still, Honey, I Shrunk Team Flash. He shrunk so... stuff and then he can biggin him. In biggin. In biggin. And, Which... and even though that's not a real word, but I still like him biggin. <laughs> uh, biggest props to this episode. Man, the return to the Lego set. So <laughs> Yes. But we'll get uh, there in a half a second. So Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I did have a lot of fun watching this episode. There were a lot of great lines. And I will pride this episode on that. We, ha- we kind of had three storylines that were going on. We had the, the storyline with Dwarf Star. We had the storyline of the team trying to investigate the innocence of Big Sur, and then we had everything going on with Cecile. And the episode kind of blended the three of them together kind of beautifully. Yeah, they did a really nice job of uh, paying attention to their moving parts. And um, and all of them, you know, like I said, it had their moments. You had the Barry and Big Sur stuff was the emotional impact. Uh, the Joe and Cecile stuff was not only, uh, you know, had a nice emotional impact, but uh, easily the best source of the humor of this week's episode. And then just the absurdity that existed with uh, <laughs> Ralph and Cisco being uh, shrunken down in size uh, as they're taking on, taking on Dwarf Star. Um, but everything here played so great. I really, really enjoyed it. And, and it is dumb and stupid as some of the gags were like, you know, uh, to Cecile coming in and seeing, you know, a shrunken down Cisco and kind of like, whoa. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of like, what is going on here? Uh, and, and, and stepping Ralph, on Ralph. Ste- stepping on Ralph was <laughs> just too funny. You know, there's the gum on the floor. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm a gum shoe, not gum on a shoe. Ooh, yeah. It was just, <laughs> some of the lines were just wonderfully horrible and just great and just made me chuckle because this they were just so much fun like you could just see how how much the writers were truly enjoying um this episode and and just getting the chance to play around a little bit and have some fun um you know we did get that big movement towards where things are going plot wise for the rest of the season at the very end but you know for the meat of this though i gotta say just a couple small things with cecile and joe um constantly had me cracking up like cecile with superpowers just was so funny of her just being able to read minds and especially when you know cisco is playing uh playing the test on her as like what number am i thinking of uh which results in our line of the week this week yes. that you have all already heard at this point in time <laughs> um which is still one of my favorite lines from a flash episode in a long time uh <laughs> big shock it came out of cisco's mouth um, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a blast to see. But not only that, though, too, we got a little bit more of um, of uh, Harry this week that we haven't seen in a little while. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I wanted to bring up, too, is that, you know, Harry's been kind of a secondary backup character, uh, background character for a majority of this season. But I loved seeing him brought back into the spotlight. And not only that, but kind of exploring more of his character. Like we're we're kind of finding out in this episode that. He's starting to doubt himself um, because I think even in the show, while we he's been a secondary character, background character, I think almost to this team as well within the show, he his character himself has been feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And I think this was a very important character for him, uh, for for Harry, because it, it there's that particular moment where, you know, Cisco is telling him when he's trying to embiggen them again, which I love that word. Mm hmm. Um, 
we get that moment where Cisco is trying to, you know, tell him to have the confidence in himself. Like he's smart enough to do this. And I just love the fact that that was brought back to light and we're getting to see more character development from a character that has already been well established. But it's a brilliant move on the writers that we can still get moments like this and further character development from a character that's already developed. Right. And kind of saying, hey, this guy who seems like it's the answer to all of their problems is the one here that's realizing he feels powerless in the situation that's kind of been dealt to the team and he's putting it all on himself and a lot of that's probably still coming from his daughter not wanting to be a part of his life anymore right now and him just kind of feeling like a cast aside and has to kind of run back to earth one to feel like he has any sense of home so um which is kind of crazy to think too because the earth two wells is this genius that everybody looks up to um and it, it shows a lot about his character just because where he's currently at and why he's currently there. Yeah. Uh, And I hope they get to explore this more and more with him because even when we saw the council of Wells and him not having any friends and how he is kind of leading back to those people and realizing, Nope, it's the people on earth one that are the most important to me. And right now he feels like he's letting them down. I like to see that side of that, this character. So, yeah. I mean, and I've made it known, too, that I've become a big fan of Ralph Dibney uh, this season. He's becoming one of my favorite characters. But that being said, um, Harry, all iterations that we have gotten of this character so far have always held a special place in my heart when it comes to this show. I love Kavanaugh. I love his portrayal of all these characters. They're always done so brilliantly. And I just... I love these moments that we get from this character. Uh, Ralph has been my favorite episode, my favorite character of this season so far, but Wills is still always a very close second. He is always at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the moment with Big Sur and the ending that we got from this episode. Unless there's anything else in the... the more uh, well, in... the one, I think the only thing we haven't explained is the fact that the reason Big Sur is locked up is uh, wrong place, wrong time. Yes, and uh, it turns out that Dwarf Star, the person that or would later become Dwarf Star, uh, is the person that actually was uh, responsible for the murder that was pinned on Big Sur. And when they come to realization on that, and they try to clear his name, um, things go poorly. <laughs> so, and um, even though they catch the bad guy in the end, he still doesn't confess to the murder. And uh, Barry really kind of takes pity on his friend. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm I'm loving Bill Goldberg in this role too, and it's making me. I had brought this up last week. Is that it? We when I looked forward, it was showing that we were going to see Big Sur later on in the season as well. We were going to see him further on, closer to the uh, the penultimate episode of the season. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say there's a strong possibility Big Sur knows Barry is the Flash. Yeah, well, at this point in time, absolutely. I don't think that's even a question. Well, Um, I don't know, because he didn't necessarily see Barry run him off, but I think the note is the clue. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, but we do know one other character definitely knows that uh, Barry is the Flash. Yeah, and and that would be Warden Wolf. (laughs) Yes. 
Um, and we had brought this up a little while ago, too, that War, uh, Warden Wolf is a character from DC lore. He is the warden at Iron Heights, and he does deal with a lot of metahumans. Um, we didn't know to what degree he was going to play into this, but I, I had made the prediction before he was going to be important to this story. We're now starting to get the details as to where he's going to fit. I didn't know whether he was going to fall on the side of good or fall on the side of bad, and we're nope, kind of getting... Comic book version. <laughs> yep, uh, he's fallen on the side of bad, and he's um, uh, he is in league with uh, Aminette and her wanting to buy and sell off metahumans. And uh, I'm so happy that Aminette Black uh, Black is coming back again. <laughs> uh, and Katie Sackhoff has just made me so happy this season. Um, I, not only do I just just love her to death, and I think she's she cracks me up. But uh, her portrayal of this character is just also just equally as just wonderful and scene chewy as whenever we got in Whitworth Miller um, as Captain Cold. And I think the show needs to always have somebody like this in their pocket. Um, and I don't think they're abusing her. I think we're getting just enough of her, but not too, too much. So, And I, and you've been this is something you've made mention to before, too. But I love the fact that we're getting a version of Katie Sackhoff with her natural accent. Mm-hmm. She's not making she's not putting on a fake American accent. She's actually speaking in her natural accent, which I absolutely love. So, cause we don't get that that often from her. No, we really don't. It's very, very rare. I mean, she's on a Western show right now too. What Longmire, I believe, unless that may have, may have wrapped by now. I do not um, know. But yeah, I mean, you know, American Midwest versus nope, just a little punk rock chick from, from, you know, the UK. So, yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, man. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how this all plans out. Um, you know, obviously the question in play is, is Aminette Black in league with DeVoe in some way, shape or form? Is Warden Wolf at all in any way, shape and form involved in this as well? It, it's a big question you know, on how this is all going to play off. Um, and does this mean that next week is going to be the final week we're going to see Barry in jail? And I have a feeling that's going to be the case. Well, uh, I, I I will tell you, you know, by the by the end of this episode, we find out that Warden Wolf does have uh, video and photographic proof that Barry is the Flash, uh, and he is now moved from the wing of Iron Heights that he is in now into the Metahuman wing. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do know where he's being held. Looking forward to next week, uh, I can tell you we're getting the return of quite a few characters we have already seen. Uh, we're going to see Becky Sharp, a.k.a. Hazard, uh, Kilgore, and Black Bison, and Dwarf Star all returning again. Because uh, it looks like Barry's going to be in a little bit of a team-up when it comes to these characters looking forward to next week. So I'm really looking forward to where this week's episode is going to go. Uh, prison Break. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing if they do a version of Prison Break, uh, but with feeling, metahumans. I have a feeling we're getting a metahuman Prison Break this coming, this well, tomorrow night. So we'll, we'll uh, or as you guys are listening to this tonight. Uh, yeah. So I have a feeling the, the end of Barry in jail is coming very, very, very soon. And when I mean that, probably in a matter of hours. So. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see how that story plays out, though, if that is indeed the case. Because even if he break, is he going to break out or is he going to be released? I have a feeling he's breaking out um, because of exactly what's gonna, whatever is going to be happening now with Aminette and Warden Wolf. Uh, I think Barry realizes he can't be there anymore, and he is now no longer has access to his powers too. So this makes the situation at hand drastically more difficult. So. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, as I said, this week uh, we're going to see the return of a lot of other characters uh, that we've seen in the past. Uh, a lot from created by him, as a matter of fact. Um, anything else about this episode we we should bring up? Uh, no, just as I mentioned, though, the fact that we got the therapist again was just uh, yeah, that was just wonderful. Um, and I love the fact that they keep bringing that character back. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, uh, moving on then to uh, Black Lightning season one, episode three, Lawanda, the Book of Burial is the title of the episode. Uh, and Nissa starts to come into her own while Jefferson tries to decide if the community can survive without Black Lightning. Uh, Seven point nine rating from IMDb, while IGN gave this one. Uh, as soon as my page scrolls and stops freezing, uh, eight point one. So pretty close to right around what uh, what we gave it and what they gave each other as well. I really don't have a lot of notes about this episode. We're getting further progression uh, of the characters, and I find it really interesting. Um, a, a particular dynamic about this episode in particular is we're seeing. Uh, opposites of two characters while we're seeing two characters we're seeing one character returning to something as we're seeing the origin of another uh and the two characters are related related obviously we're seeing black lightning kind of returning to his former glory uh without having really gotten an origin to his character yet but in the meantime we're getting the origin of thunder who is his daughter yeah, and honestly, just watching her in the junkyard, uh, you know, testing her powers and kind of geeking out about that was really just fun to watch. It was a really enjoyable little moment. And we saw that kind of play out between her going to the library and kind of just geeking out about, OK, maybe this is something to do with, a, a, you know, a mutation of some sort um, and just trying to find these things out, which leads to her meeting um, you know, a potential new love interest at, at this point in time, who oddly enough was reading a Outsiders comic book. Yes, so, uh, I did was, notice that as well. Which was kind of wonderful. Um, and the fact that they even had a little bit of a discussion on who the Outsiders were and, and things like that. So that's a nice little tie back to uh, a couple episodes ago when uh, Team Arrow split up and we brought up uh, maybe this is the start of the Outsiders. And then mm-hmm. so three Outsider references from our show three weeks in a row. So not now too I want... I want to focus on this for a minute because mm-hmm. we did bring up an interesting theory about where Black Lightning kind of falls into the timeline of the Arrowverse. Well, and um, you it's say an your interesting piece, and then I will bring up mine from the news. I okay, uh, yeah, because I don't know what what's in the news. I don't know what you're bringing up, so I could be completely proven wrong by this. But I am even more convinced now that there is merit to this theory uh, because we did get a comic book of the Outsiders. And while in Arrow, the Outsiders have yet to exist. They are now just beginning to be created. And now we're seeing this character reading a comic book on the Outsiders, which means I think it could be slightly in the future. Going even forward to another point of the episode as well with uh, focusing on um, uh, James Remar and his character Peter Gamby, the technology of teaching Jefferson how to use the lightning even better – Let's look at this technology, holographic technology that just happens to be a basement of a, of a shop. We've made mention of this before, that this is technology that is somewhat even more advanced than what Star Labs has. 
I I think this show takes place in the future of the Arrowverse. I really, really do. I could be wrong, but I I think this this theory holds even more merit after this episode. Let's head over to the news. Oh God, here we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> series showrunner for Black Lightning, Salim McKill, uh, basically did come out and state this. There are more superheroes to come, and they're hoping to bring a lot more to Black Lightning. And they said this will hopefully kickstart a lightning verse and did say, and he said, I'm going to make this very clear. Black Lightning is not part of the Arrowverse. Is Damn it. I said this with all due respect, but the Arrowverse shows are really are not really relevant to the show that we're doing here. He's like, you know, it's a great thing about Warner Brothers and CW allowed us to do is, is create our own world. We really wanted to, uh, wanted folks to know uh, this family before we start branching out in any direction. He said that doesn't mean things are fully off the table, but he said, in all honesty, he's like, I really want to build something a little bit different than what the Arrowverse already has. He says, right now, in my mind, the next character that really should belong in the Lightning Verse or the first one to spin into it should be Static. Yes, uh, and everybody I, I did says, hear that. Yes, indeed, please. Um, so I think this was just a really nice nod. Um, you know, obviously we got Grace Choi in the mix now too, uh, which could become something else completely. Uh, there's there's a, always, a, always a big possibility too because Grace, uh, we we do know, has her roots slated deeply in um, in in the world of DC Comics. So yeah, it's, she I, she is one of she is one of the outsiders in the Bird of Prey, is she not? Birds yes. of Prey. She is she is actually, yes, one of the outsiders. So, OK, um, so a nice little fourth wall break in, in this episode. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of uh, I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with this. Uh, so the outsiders really could be making an appearance and becoming a thing in Black Lightning versus um, in Arrow. So which is could be why they didn't use it in Arrow very, because very there's possible. already plans to use it in Black Lightning. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I am going to have to go back to the episode to to confirm this. But for a show that's not connected to the Arrowverse, I could have swore we got a reference this week to another city or hero from the Arrowverse. I, I I could be completely wrong about that, but I for some reason that is in my head. I that we did get that this week. I didn't catch that offhand. Um, I did watch it today, and there was nothing that really jumped out at me about okay. that. So, right, maybe I just I I heard it wrong, and I just didn't think about it. Okay, I, I again I as I did preface that by saying I could be wrong, which mm-hmm. means I probably am. <laughs> um, so. But yeah, you know it, it's the big question of where this falls. I mean. It doesn't mean that this is not normally part of just, you know, the it's part of the multiverse. It doesn't mean it's not part of the Arrowverse. And really, is it the Arrowverse really anymore now? Is it just going to be? It's the DC television universe. And I think that's what maybe it might become more and more. Because if they want to have something huge, you've got other shows now. And another new one that we're going to talk about later um, that now can factor into all this even more so. Yeah. So there's there's so much that we really now need to think about. So, yeah, um, but as of at least right now, so we can head back into Black Lightning. But, yeah, it's still really awesome that that we got that outsiders Easter egg, not even an Easter egg, very blatantly in our face um, as they you were even holding up a story. I think it was a, it was uh, it was a story about Cobra <laughs> of all of all groups, too. Um, so I'm very curious to see. 
uh, how that's this will all play out. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, as I mentioned, this the, I'm I'm loving the dynamic of this show, and I, even more so this week watching it, especially with the protests and the subject material of this show. I mentioned it before that this is kind of like the Luke Cage of the DC television universe, uh, and I feel it more and more, even particularly this week. Um, the so. actually something that's kind of cool uh, about that comic though that they held up um, that issue, and I thought because I read up a little bit about this earlier today when I saw this uh, that issue specifically, I think it's the Cobra Cult. Um, you know, uh, I think they they somebody actually found out what number it was. It was Outsiders number sixteen. Um, so this is definitely going a wa- like quite a ways back because that is the old DC bullet logo at that too. Um, but, uh, lady Eve, who we are introduced in this episode of black lightning, who we found out is actually the person holding all the cards is the big bad, not Tobias whale as we thought, uh, actually was involved in that comic issue too. So kind of interesting. So. Uh, so I'm kind of wondering where all this pulled together, but still, even if it's just a little nod, the fact that Lady Eve was uh, introduced today in uh, in this this episode too was kind of a, um, an interesting twist. Now, what did you think about the fact that Tobias Whale's really not our big bad? Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm kind of glad uh, to be completely honest with you. Uh, and, and he's a character that, like, while he's meant to be intimidating, uh, I kind of don't find him that much. I don't find him that intimidating that much. Uh, I don't know why. Um, I think he's too stereotypical. So I kind of like the idea that there's something more behind this. Uh, yeah, uh, I think the way he's coming off in this show, I think right now is the only thing I was a little concerned about. Uh, he kind of feels a little bit like a third-rate kingpin. Um, yeah, that's when I say like stereotypical, that's exactly what I mean. Like He comes across almost like... Like Kingpin, he comes off as a as a less interesting Wilson Fisk, and I think there's still a lot more for them to uh, to show us here. But I think now that we know Lady Eve is the one pulling the strings, this makes this a little bit more interesting and a little bit more in depth already. So, yeah. Now I I do have a question. Um, I, I I do. I loved the moment. It it really made me gave me a chuckle. Um, the whole idea of uh jefferson's daughter coming out and just saying i'm ready to have sex uh one of the funniest moments this week man, <laughs> um just the reaction was amazing and later when you know jefferson and his uh you know his ex-wife were sitting there lynn right yes 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 yeah. lynn um are sitting in his office and talking it's kind of like did we raise our daughter too liberally <laughs> so um but it just what, what? It just it was i love the fact that like well we both totally failed as parents uh, well, not only that, but I love the follow up with the scene where Jefferson is is confronting Khalil, her boyfriend, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about washing his junk, and that's the way he freaks him out about everything and makes him second guess having having sex with his daughter. Which I, uh, again, you're right. One of the, some of the funniest moments that came how, out of the how, shows this week. How do you dry your feet? Yes, do you, do you dry them first or. <laughs> <laughs> And you can uh, just tell, like, in Jefferson's head, he had a plan for the way that conversation was going to go, no matter it, what he answered. Uh-huh. I, I Absolutely. And Chris Williams, you could just tell, is, is just loved doing that moment. Just, just the joy on his face as he was doing that was just too funny. And even when you see Jefferson's reaction when he turns away and that smile yeah. was wonderful. <laughs> uh, but that leads us into some interesting things that happen at the end of this episode. 
obviously you're dealing with the fallout of the death of Lawanda in episode two. Um, the community and the clergy basically rallies and says, we're going to hold a march. Um, basically painting a giant target on their backs to the 100. Um, and Jefferson and Gamby pretty much saying, okay, well, it, then Black Lightning needs to be there to help save the day. And while they kind of hope, uh, hold, like, hold off the deaths of many people, um, Khalil is actually caught in the crossfire. Uh, and life is pretty much high chance to, will be changed forever in a wheelchair and is now paralyzed from a stray bullet. Um, so it was... Uh, it was really interesting to watch this because I think, again, it, it was as Lynn kind of even states it, this is kind of like, look, even if you're black lightning, it was this put things in perspective. Uh, danger can happen wherever we go right now based on where and the way that we live. So, yeah. Um, and it really was those things. It's those moments that ground this show. Even if you don't have super heroics, it, it makes it feel very real. And I think that's why this show is engaging as much as it is. Now, we do find out by the end of the episode, as you mentioned, he's caught in the crossfire and it looks like he's he's going to be paralyzed um, for the remainder of the show. Uh, unless do we think there could potentially be a different outcome for him? We do know from that news story that you read that they're going to be introducing new heroes into the lightning verse. Do we could we potentially see a different future for him becoming another character? It's very possible. I mean, honestly, there's so much really to come i mean we're we're just in the early tales of this we still don't even know how jefferson became black lightning at this point we have these little nods that things just started happening uh when he was in his 20s and uh we don't know why and how and all these little things and are they even going to answer all of them are they really even that important at this point in time um yeah because right now we know we're behind the characters it's just a question of what's to come and one of the things we have to remember, too, about this show is because it is a starter season, we're not getting a full run this season. We're only getting, I think, 13. Yeah. So they're going to have to condense everything. So I think a lot of these things that we don't know yet uh, and questions that we have, I think we're going to start seeing them play out sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of that shortened season, so I'm, but I'm looking forward to it because again, this show has been getting progressively better and better through the first three episodes. So I want to see even further now where the show is going to go. Absolutely. So uh, anything else about the show before we look forward into next week and jump into Arrow? Uh, the one thing I am still really curious about was that quick moment that we got that was a blink and you miss it kind of moment with uh, seeing uh, uh, Gamby delete that uh, video file of him catching um, Tobias in the car and keeping that from uh, Jefferson. So. I think there's good reason behind that, um, and I'm kind of on his side. I mean, he uh, – you have to remember that Tobias was the one that pretty much almost killed him before, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think if Jefferson were to find out that Tobias is the one behind this or get the impression that Tobias is the one behind that, people are already trying to focus his attention on being back for the neighborhood and not just necessarily for his family and his friends, and I think uh, – because it's kind of almost a personal vendetta at this point that they're trying to expand on. And I think all the progression that you have made getting him to focus more on the neighborhood and less on a personal vendetta, if he were to find out that Tobias were behind this, all of that goes away. Mm-hmm. And it immediately becomes that personal vendetta again. Absolutely. So I think it's it's a right move by Gamby uh, to do that and to save that information for when it's absolutely needed. Yeah, it's it's protecting his friend as long as he can. Yes, exactly. 
Um, so I'm absolutely had no problem with that at all. I didn't think it was shady or anything like that. Uh, looking forward to next week. Uh, Black Lightning is recruited to rally against the 100 gang. So um, it looks like we're just going to get more. I, I don't want to use the words more of the same because that's making it seem like it's becoming repetitive. But uh, it is. I mean, it's it's it, not it is. It is in it's repetitive. It is more of the same. We're getting more of the development. We're uh, it, getting to see it's the escalation. Yes. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. Um we're just getting to see him interaction into the more and welcome himself back into uh, becoming this character. And at the same time, as we saw the new technology from Gamby, um, we're still seeing further character progression as well uh, in a character that's, again, like Tom Cavanaugh and Harry Wells, uh, has already been progressed, mm-hmm. has already been developed. So I'm enjoying that. And I really I can't wait to see what's going to become of Thunder uh, at the same time. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that moment myself. So, uh, all right. Final show of the week, of course, is Arrow Season 6, Episode 12, titled All for Nothing. Uh, Oliver continues to battle Kate and James when Dinah and Oliver have a major disagreement. One of their own is put in danger. Uh, IMDb gives this an 8.5, while IGN uh, gave this one a 6.7. So a little bit of a difference between the two. Uh, still a hero rating from uh, from IGN, and I think a legend rating, at least on our scale, legend rating uh, from IMDb. Mm-hmm. And I think we both gave this one. I I bumped it to a legend. I, I gave right. it. I gave it a. I would say I gave it an eight on the dot. So, yeah. Um, but again, uh, we're seeing more and more start to come from the show. More and more come to light. We we mentioned last week that we're getting more from the heroes together. Um. Uh, which we're we're getting to a really good place about that. We still wanted some more development from the villains and uh, ask and we shall receive. That is exactly what we got this week. Yeah. We'll and, start... Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say we're starting to get some more revelations as to uh, the inner workings of, of this villain group from the show. Yeah. And, and things are very much falling apart for Caden James on the inside. Um, you know, we find out this week, obviously, that, you know, Vince was – being actually legit uh, and honestly was planning on trying to take down Caden James from the inside. Um, you know, it still leaves some questions on why he reacted the way he did to the other vigilantes in Star City and why he was trying to kill everyone last year. Um, you know, definitely some little inconsistencies there. But that's not a lie at all. But still, I think um, in just a couple episodes for the character, I had no Fs to give. <laughs> um, I actually kind of, you know, felt horrible that we saw his end and his demise this episode. So, uh, but he actually did what he could to help aid in the assistance of um, getting some information to help take down Caden James uh, at a later point. No, no, not obviously not the way that they intended it to go down this week, um, as both teams were uh, kind of uh, screwed is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, in, in how everything played out. So uh, now there is an issue in this episode, uh, this episode, though, that did bother me just a little bit. Uh, I know I don't know if this was something that bothered you, but obviously we know the main reason and what the reasons behind everything were was uh, Vigilante was offering him himself up to go in and hack into the system uh, with the help of Curtis and Felicity. 
uh, from inside the organization. He gets the information out there. Uh, it is made during his escape, uh, which causes him to get caught. And the team has a hard decision. Do they try to get the bomb that has been holding the city under hostage, basically, and try to prevent the death of you know thousands of people? Or do you risk losing, um, you know, Dinah's boyfriend in the crossfire? And it fractures OTA and new team, uh, new team era at the same time. So, it, it, you know, when everything goes down and we see, um, you know, Vigilante kind of pinned up against the wall. And, you know, we have, you know, Black Canary on the ground pinned underneath a girder. Is it me or did it bother you that she didn't choose to try to at least move the girder with like the canary cry? Because she did just stop a train last week. So, well, I, I think now here's my thinking about that. I did think about that at the time, but the girder was right on her chest. Um, I think this is strategic, as in okay. her canary cry comes from screaming. Yeah, and if you have a heavy object on your on your chest, you can't do that. Um, I think if this was something where the girder was on her legs, uh, she could have definitely screamed it off. But um, I think there was even moments where she was yelling to Vincent um, or trying to speak to Vincent, and you could hear her voice was straining. Yeah, I, I think they did this strategically to kind of show that she, she could have done that, but she was unable to. Okay, so that's maybe that's something I just missed in the in the background of it all. So, okay. Oh. Um, now I do want to say though that. There was multiple things that came out of this whole um, uh, Vincent Dinah dynamic um, that I I really one that I thought kind of sucked and the other one that I kind of enjoyed and um, I know I, we've mentioned Anne already in this and I know Anne will agree with me when I say when I say the the part that I enjoyed um, the part that sucked obviously is we had mentioned earlier uh, we do lose a character in this episode and that character is Vincent. Um, Vincent is killed in this episode. Vigilante is, I'm going to say Vincent is no more. Mm -hmm. The character of Vigilante could be replaced by somebody else later on down the road. I could see that as a a potential. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the one thing I kind of liked about this is we had talked about the potential of a, um, how how did we put it before? Um, a redemption I guess, angle, I guess. That's it. That's those. I was thinking um, uh, retribution, but redemption is the word I was looking for. We were seeing the possibility of a redemption angle for Black Siren uh, and Laurel Lance of the other Earth. And it was something I didn't want to see. It was something that uh, I know Anne was in agreement that she does, she's not too crazy about a redemption angle. Um, and I don't want to see it, not because... I don't want to see that character turn around. I just enjoy seeing Katie Cassidy playing this character better than I liked her as the good Laurel. Mm-hmm. I think uh, dynamically she's having more fun playing a villain. I think she plays a better villain, at least when it comes to the dynamic of this show. So when it came to the point where we were, we thought we were getting that redemption was coming around... Because we get those moments with her and Quentin where she's following Quentin. Quentin catches her and shows her pictures of Laurel. And then we see the complete turnaround where we find out that Vincent's death is caused by Laurel. And not unintentionally. It's intentional. She screams into his head until he pretty much just... His brain shuts down Mm -hmm. and he is gone. Yeah. So 
you you kind of find out, and then it's, again, it's revealed later on too by Felicity that, um, or by Thea to Quentin that you know there's footage that she did it and it was intentional. So as much as we were kind of being led to believe there was a redemption angle, it all went away. I I still disagree drastically. You, uh, okay, uh, the only reason why is they they lingered quite a bit. Um, before she did it, like when she was given uh, the order was given to her, it was the soldier order kind of like you do it. It's kind of like if not, you're you're getting killed too. Um, you could definitely see she is a conflicted character, and even when Quentin found out that from Thea, the way that Quentin's been going about this, this is kind of like his plot for the year. Like this is what they're doing with his character is trying to bring his daughter back. Well an alternate version and kind of, you know, re reset. I think it's still where this is going to go. Um, and it's just a question of, will they continue to play with that this year? Will she die? But I don't think this, this storyline has wrapped yet. It doesn't mean that they're going to succeed in trying the redemption angle, but this storyline is far from over in my opinion. Oh, um, I don't, I don't mean, I, I, I definitely don't believe it's done. I don't believe this story is wrapped, but I think, I don't, I didn't want to see it happen as easily as they were making us believe it could happen. Um, I like the fact that this is going to be a struggle. Yeah, I mean, I still think there's a high chance they're going to try to actually redeem her character, but I still think that you're not going to get the version of Laurel that we had originally. It's. I'm watching Supernatural again from the beginning right now, and we're watching purely to watch the first five seasons. And you forget, or as a lot of people forget, she played the original Ruby on that show. And yes. she was that in-between character that was a, kind of a little bit good, a little bit bad. And seeing her play that version of that character as a hero uh, could be really interesting and engaging. Um, I mean, right now, it's not that I have any great dis- you know, hate for Dinah as a character, but her character in that show still feels very thin out of all the characters on New Team Arrow. Uh, she feels the most underdeveloped of all of them. Uh, it, and that's really purely, I think, on the writers. I think that, you know, the character is, you know, got a lot of potential, but I, it feels like that just in general on Arrow, they don't know how to write Black Canary. And it doesn't matter who is wearing the mask. It feels like they have no idea how to write Black Canary. Um, and I really hate to put it out there that way uh, because Juliana Harkavy, Sarah Lance, or I mean, well, the the Sarah Lance version, the, you know, uh, the, you know, Dinah Lance um, or slash Laura Lance. And then you now the Dinah Drake version of the character all are have been thin, um, to say the least. So. And I think the most engaging of all of them was the very first one that we had with Sarah. And, you know, even still, they had a hard time trying to figure out what to do. And I think right now it doesn't really matter <laughs> where they go in this angle. And I, I'm hoping that if they do try, try to do anything to redeem Earth 2 Laurel, they do so in a way that doesn't make her Black Canary. And it, because I think they can't would not be able to stomach having two Black Canary characters. Um, because yeah. they already can't write one, why would they be able to write two? So, <laughs> right. um, and again, I hate to kind of say that in a very mean way about the show. It's just I think that's one one big problem they haven't been able to correct pro- properly in six years. So, 
Um, but I, I think that we're going to see th- something come from this. I think there's still a high chance we're going to get her redeemed and she's just going to be kind of that anti-hero that's out in the mix somewhere by the end of the season. So, all right. No, I can see that. So, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they play with it because, I mean, it's very obvious that they're, they aren't going for some kind of redemption angle when it comes to the character. It's just a matter of what's going to come with it when it's finally settled. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, so uh, again, we we got the loss of Vincent in this episode, and we did see a turn in Dinah as well because of this. In that she is now dead set that she's not, she doesn't want to stop these guys in the sense of locking them up and getting justice. She wants them dead. So it's it's going to be a matter of. Uh, I think we're going to see an even bigger fracture because obviously she's not with uh, original Team Arrow. She's with the, you know, the outsiders as we're still calling them. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out as to whether or not this new attitude is going to fracture her from the outsiders now. Yeah, it's a very big possibility, but they did stand by her through thick and thin on this one. So um, it's a lot to wait and see. It's tons to wait and see right now. So yeah, very curious. Uh, but as you mentioned earlier as well, uh, I, I don't know if you mentioned this on the podcast or we were talking about this before we were recording, uh, but we learn a little bit more now about the dynamic of Caden James and his relation to everything. And this adds definitely a lot more mystery to this group of characters. We're now finding out that, or at least we're being led to believe that um, what we originally thought in that, you know, Kate and James, Richard Dragon, Vincent as Vigilante, um, Anatoly, this group were all brought together by Kate and James, but it seems like that's not exactly, exactly the case. This group was brought together by Kate and James, but it seems like now there might be other forces at play in that, as you had revealed, Kate and James may not be the big bad at this point anymore. Yeah, if I have to put my uh, my guess, if it's a character that's still in the mix, as we mentioned last week, it could be Prometheus was behind this all as a contingency plan. But if it's in the core group, uh, my bet is on Richard Dragon. Uh, he is the most underdeveloped of them all and is just a bruiser. Uh, but we all know, if you know DC Comics lore, right, Richard Dragon is very much not that as a character. Um, so I would not be surprised if this was just a wait to say, nope, uh, he's the one behind thin of this all and uh maybe was setting it up to be a larger ploy so uh who knows but i'm i'm thoroughly invested in where we're heading so so you think there's there could be some potential that richard dragon is kind of just like infiltrating the ranks as a minion but he is the true mastermind behind everything very possible mm. uh there's that little twist is that you know uh as even vincent was getting uh the lecture pretty much for the most part from Caden. He's just kind of like, yeah, he's like, you know, there's, I didn't know this was in your wheelhouse. Uh, it shows, you know, that I, I don't believe Caden didn't believe when he said all that stuff about the tech. Um, I, I, I think it was when he was made and killed somebody is when Caden James realized it's how much does he not know about the rest of his team? So, yeah, I can tell you right now. And I, I, this episode is even another big revelation of that. Um, I was super excited when Michael Emerson signed on for this season of Arrow. Uh, and as much as we've struggled a little bit with the villains and the development of them this season, um, Michael Emerson, this episode in particular, has proven yet again how much of a fantastic actor he is and how well he can play this kind of character. 
um, you know, this kind of darker, almost sinister character, or sinister demeanor, rather, uh, of a character. And it, it's kind of a ploy for me to bring this up because uh, I'm going to be starting a Lost rewatch uh, podcast probably by uh, uh, beginning of March is when that's going to start posting to the website. And I honestly can't wait in that podcast until we start getting to the episodes with Ben. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly because of Michael Emerson because he's he has such a dynamic to him. He plays these characters so well that I'm loving seeing what he brings to this. That scene in particular with Vincent in in the uh, the server room and the and the interaction that those two had he is so dynamic and so phenomenal when it comes to playing this character that i just i just love watching him yeah no i mean honestly like i said i do think this episode did bring a lot of moving pieces that have been laying the groundwork for some time i mean there's a reason that i think this one got a legend it was you know i i think it deserved it i think it's it's really moving moving the pendulum in a big way it was it was uh, when there was a loss for both teams that way and that fracture is continuing to grow but it's growing for a natural reason uh and i think it makes a very engaging story and i think they're doing a really decent job i think the actors are all putting in some great work so far and um now this little twist in this whole angle with where the villain aspect could really be going um, makes me feel a lot more invested in a while, and um, they they did a great job of pulling that off in this episode. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think one interesting thing worth mentioning before I, I wrap up my end of it, and then we'll see if you have anything left to mention too. Uh, we did see the return of a Helix character in this episode, uh, and that was Elena. L- Elena did return, and it's pretty obvious now she knows who everybody is. She knows who. Uh, she knows that Oliver is the arrow. She knows that you know Diggle is is Spartan. Uh, so um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how much more she's going to start playing, and if she could potentially be a new member of the team in the future, or if it was just a one off and she was just there to help. Yeah, and uh, nice. Uh, the last thing I have to bring up too, uh, Captain Singh makes his first appearance on Arrow. Yes, <laughs> so. that's right. In the little flashback sequences, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, because we got that flashback as to how um, Dinah got her canary power, canary cry. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to this coming week at this point, uh, The Devil's Greatest Trick, Caden James launches a full-out attack when he uncovers a secret about the Green Arrow that puts him over the edge. Uh, now it's just a matter of, is this secret he finds out something truthful? Because we, we already know that he believes... Uh, you know, Oliver killed his son, and we know that's not true. So, could this just be another planted evidence that's going to make him, you know, go on the attack? Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, uh, we're through the shows. So, uh, I know there's not a lot of it, and we've kind of already covered one of the the news stories of this week. But uh, let's go over everything else for the week. All right, um, things are very light, but uh, I can say let's start over to the film side of things uh there is a new full-on synopsis for shazam which has just begun production and i will go ahead and read that out for everybody now Uh, and that is we all have a superhero inside of us it just takes a bit of magic to bring it out in billy bashton uh his case is by shouting out one word shazam this streetwise 14 year old foster kid can turn into the adult superhero shazam courtesy of an ancient wizard still a kid at heart 
Inside uh, a ripped god, uh, you know, said, sorry, still a kid at heart inside a god. Uh, sorry. Wow, that reads horribly. <laughs> uh, this is really bad copy. Inside, uh, inside a ripped godlike body is what I think they're trying to say here. But I think they missed words or two. Uh, Shazam <laughs> reveals in this adult version of himself by doing what any teen would do with superpowers. Have fun with them. Can he fly? Does he have x-ray vision? Can he shoot lightning out of his hands? Can he skip his social studies test? Shazam sets out to test the limits of his abilities with the joyful recklessness of a child. But he'll need to master these powers quickly in order to fight the deadly forces of evil controlled by Thaddeus Savannah, uh, who we know is played by Mark Strong. So, uh, But we did find out that this is going to be firmly set into the DC Films universe. So... All right, jumping into some discussion about Aquaman. There is some ADR that is happening right now. If you're not familiar with what that is, that is additional dialogue recordings for films. Uh, and we did find out that uh, I think it's uh, the actor playing Black Manta, which is, uh, I think it's Yeha Mati, I think is the actor's name. I can confirm uh, that in a second. Yes, uh, Yaha Adul Mati II. They said he re-recorded some dialogue this past week. And he was shown holding on that Twitter image an empty trash can to his head as he was saying some of his lines. Uh, And everybody said, why are you doing this? He's like, well, there is going to be a certain large helmet on my head. So this is first confirmation (laughs) from James Wan and the actor himself saying, yes, indeed, the Black Manta helmet will be in full effect in the film. So Uh, Wonder Woman 2 is now officially rumored to start beginning shooting in front of cameras in England this summer. Uh, it sounds like uh, we will be hearing very more, uh, much more to do with the uh, shots when everything will begin full on uh, film production as far as everything. But we know the post-production or pre-production, not post, uh, is well underway. Uh, but it sounds like uh, they're saying it could begin as early as June. So uh, we are just to wait and see. But it sounds like it won't be too much longer but before we'll be hearing a lot more about Wonder Woman 2. Uh, jumping into the video game side of the uh, the world right now, there is a first sneak peek photo on Ed Boon's Twitter, uh, which is uh, N-O-O-B-D-E. Uh, so just Ed Boon, just backwards. Uh, obviously a nice little nod to uh, Noob Cybot from Mortal Kombat. Uh, but it's showing, uh, it looks like Michelangelo and Raphael in a tag team move against Black Manta, who we oddly enough just spoke about. Uh, but it sounds like that means we're probably going to be seeing a full-on video of watching the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles teaming up. Uh, and it looks like it is uh, team-up moves is how they uh, they do their combat. It's just uh, you're playing as all four of them uh, probably in their moveset. So. Uh, jumping into some Flash talk. Uh, we did find out that another Glee alum by the name of Max Adler uh, will be joining the Flash as another you know victim from the infamous bus incident. And that will be the uh, comic character that will later become the villain Pyro. Uh, so Max Adler uh, obviously has played uh, in Glee as well as Melissa Benoist. And also, of course, Darren Chris, Darren Chris. music master. And, and Grant. Of course, and Grant Gustin. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking at pictures um, of Max Adler. I recognize him from, uh, I recognize him from, uh, from Glee. Yeah, so... Uh, so it was very cool to see that he's uh, joining into the mix. So it sounds like we'll be seeing him in just a couple weeks. Uh, right. Uh, heading over to Legends of Tomorrow. Did Brandon Routh just tease the Fortress of Solitude? Very possible. Uh, so there is a great shot from Brandon Routh's Twitter that says, uh, something about this makes me feel oddly at home. And it says hashtag Legends of Tomorrow, hashtag Crystals. 
hashtags fortress, hashtag solitude. And what looks like very, very reminiscent glowing crystals from a Fortress of Solitude set and Brandon Routh's face standing right next to them. <laughs> so um, making me wonder. Did he tweet this? Yes, he did. Oh, I got to look um, for this. Yes. So everybody is really wondering now what indeed is going on here and if uh, they are indeed heading to uh, the Fortress sometime in the future here of uh, Legends when it returns. So it's a wait and see. Um, as we mentioned before a little bit about the whole idea of where Black Lightning falls, so we'll move forward uh, to talk about three other shows really quickly outside of the normal Arrowverse. First of them being uh, the new promo for uh, Krypton, uh, showing that uh, the uh, classic Superman cape being held up by, uh, it looks like, I believe this was Clark's grandfather, or I think great-grandfather, couldn't quite remember his his I think it was Segel, I think is who we found out who this is. Um, no, it is his, uh, he is the grandfather to Clark. So um, we see him holding up the cape in what looks like it will be a, it looks like a very Fortress of Solitude-esque. So this could be some time travel involved in this. So, um, but this, uh, this little promo definitely made me a little bit more excitable for when the show kicks off on March 21st. Uh, sounds like there is some more interesting casting potentially happening, and that might be another Rachel Ghoul joining the television world uh, for Titans um, as they're looking for a male in his 40s or 50s, uh, Middle Eastern, Latin, or East Indian. Um, and they said looking for a young Richard Attenborough type that is fearless, manipulative, and with unparalleled intelligence uh, as a guest star. Uh, that very much sounds like Rachel Ghoul to me. So, yeah. so. It's a big wait and see. But. By, by the way, these crystals and Brandon Routh are on his Instagram, not on his Twitter. Oh, it's in, Instagram. Yeah, I so looked on I looked on Twitter and I didn't see them, but I'm I'm looking at the picture now on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so uh, maybe uh, another incarnation of Rachel Ghoul joining the television world. So it's a wait and see. Uh, but the last one is the big story for the week, and we'll keep this light because they're still very early on. But a new direct to series order for 13 episodes of a new television show starring Lex Luthor and Lois Lane in Metropolis. I don't uh, know how I feel about this. Um, I, you know what? It, it, it is said shortly in the days before the arrival of Superman. So I have no idea. I, I generally don't know. Um, but it sounds a little X-Files-y. Yeah, so. and I think that's one of one of our listeners that said as well, is it almost seems like X-Files with Lex and Lois. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I did read a little bit more into this, and I know this was originally supposed to be Fox's companion piece to Gotham. Yes. Uh, but now has since been picked up by somebody else. So I, I don't know. Um, well, the something else is now purely the DC streaming service. That's it. That, yeah, that's it. So. I couldn't remember. Uh, which is now this is now the fourth uh, new series on the DC streaming service. So um, very curious to see um, what what's to come of this. But right now we do know it's uh, Lex and uh, Lex and Lois are investigating fringe science and they expose the bizarre secrets inside Metropolis. So I'm very curious to see where this goes right now. It's just, again slated for 13 episodes. Um, it's just a big wait and see, but its production is uh, scheduled for later this year with a planned 2019 de- debut. Uh, this will be joining alongside the three other um, shows that we know of right now, which is the uh, Titans live action, the animated Young Justice, and the li- uh, not the live action, but the animated adult uh, Harley Quinn animated series. So, 
Uh, big wait and see. But uh, that wraps it up for the news for uh, this episode. I'm I'm waiting for a trailer for Teen Titans. I think something's got to drop soon. Um, my guess is we'll see something by San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to launch near the very end of the year. So my guess is we'll see something around uh, SDCC. You think so. it's going to take that long? Yeah, because they could easily just say, and by the way, it's on the streaming service today. Um, kind of like my recommendation for this week. Not on the DC, not on the DC, but something <laughs> that was just kind of thrown out there. Uh, I haven't even watched it yet, but I'm recommending it because I'm just a big fan of this of the series. Um, my recommendation for this week is Cloverfield Paradox on Netflix. If you have Netflix, uh, I've been hearing a lot of mixed reviews on it, but I am uh, I was a fan of Cloverfield. I was an even much much bigger fan of Ten Cloverfield Lane, uh, so I am highly recommending to everybody because it's something i'm going to check out myself um jj abrams is brilliant in his marketing for these when cloverfield came out it was a normal thing you know we got trailers months in advance and then a release date when 10 cloverfield lane came out uh the trailer dropped online and by the end of it it was like oh by the way this is hitting theaters in about the next two weeks uh you know it's very shortened this time even shorter. We got a trailer during the Super Bowl last night. Uh, it didn't say anything except coming to Netflix. And then about a half hour later, there were articles hitting all over the internet that said, oh, by the way, you can watch this on Netflix as soon as the Super Bowl is over. So within two hours of the first trailer hitting, it was released to be able to watch. So brilliant marketing. I love the series. Uh, my recommendation I can't even tell you what I think because I haven't even watched it yet, but check out Cloverfield Paradox on Netflix. Uh, for me, uh, also it was something that spun out of the Super Bowl and then onto Good Morning America this morning, which is uh, just watch the trailer for Solo over and over again because I am <laughs> incredibly excited. Um, I, I'm a huge Star Wars geek, and uh, this is making me beyond just ready for another Star Wars film in May, uh, which is even better. So. Yeah, I, I watched the trailer and then I watched the teaser last night and during the Super Bowl and then I watched the full trailer today and uh, uh, dude, this movie had me sold on um, uh, oh my god why can't Donald Glover yeah Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian uh, Donald yeah. Glover as Lando sold I mean uh, you had me from that so I'm I'm on board and I can't wait to see what they're gonna do with this movie yeah I, I'm I'm very excited so. Uh, but yeah, that that does it, I guess. That's uh, cheap plugs. Let's get out of here. Uh, right. I, I'm going to eat dinner because I'm starving. Yeah, I'm going to edit and go to bed because I'm tired. Uh, I got a long week because I have my surgery coming up this Friday. So by the time you guys are hearing our next podcast, uh, I'm apologizing ahead of time because I might be on a lot of pain medication. <laughs> so um, we'll see how things go. But you might have to take the lead and just me be a backup. Uh, no problem. No worries. Next week. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but cheap plugs, you can find me on my other podcast as well as this one, uh, the Showcast Spotlight, which is our celebrity interview podcast. Uh, we haven't done an interview since September, but we're now gearing up and um, I'm doing all the reach outs to start doing interviews again uh, into this coming year and hopefully a couple that are going to be coming to this podcast as well. Got a couple uh, 
good connections in the works. Uh, but you can find that podcast as well as all the other podcasts here on the Next Level Podcast Network, nextlevelradioonline.com, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline, and of course the Facebook page for this page uh, for this podcast, facebook.com slash Primetime. And as for me, you can also find me through the Next Level Podcast Network through the Caffeine Crewcast of Pods. Uh, that is our roundtable geek culture podcast. Uh, the Villains episode will definitely be up in a day or two, I promise you. Um, I had a little bit of a mental cha- mentally challenged snafu on my own part uh, when I finished editing the episode, forgot to save the file, and turned my computer off. <laughs> so uh, I have to redo it again tomorrow, which I will definitely be doing and getting back over to Ben. But Thankfully, it'll be super easy because everything's already ready. It's just cut together and done and done. Um, but beyond that, a big special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at GeorgeShawMusic.com. We thank him each and every week for the music that he lends us for this podcast. Please make sure to head over to his page, check out his stuff, support the man, and just say thanks or drop him a line, however you choose to do so. Um, but yeah, that does it for us, man. Um, all right. <laughs> so uh, real quick before we get out of here too I do want to send you guys over to our friend uh, Brian C. Roll uh, over at Odyssey Art um, we've been I've been a, a member of his Torchlight Society uh, which is his, his subscription his quarterly subscription art uh, program uh, I've been a member all through 2016 or 2017 I'm renewed for 2018 uh, Rob you are in you are in now for 2018 mm-hmm. you should be getting your first one shortly um, and he is now starting to take memberships for 2018. Uh, so go over to odysseyart.net and just click on the Torchlight Society link. Trust me, I highly recommend it if you are a fan of the art that we've posted, a fan of the art that we've given away, or just awesome art in general. Um, it's about – the price went up. It's $120 for the year. Um, but it's well worth it. You get well more than that. Uh, in in the artwork, uh, hell, I think just in the first two um, shipments that you get, you get more than that. Um, so I highly recommend it. Go over to odysseyart.net and and sign up for it if you can. Uh, this 2017 was all about the Arrowverse. 2018 is Infinity War. So I'm really curious to see what kind of uh, artwork he's going to have coming out in regards to that. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, oh, uh, there is one real fast, quick last last one too. Uh, our good friend Paul Williams, who's been on this podcast, uh, his new show will be uh, debuting on the Next Level Podcast Network this week, which is What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. Uh, I can't wait to hear it. I, I know you already um, are getting ready to get that up, so that'll be in a day or two. So, yep, I have. I already have his first podcast in my possession. I just have to. Uh... He's starting fresh with us, so I, just, I have to create his page and his RSS feed and everything. But uh, you should see that pop up on uh, uh, on the Next Level Facebook page for sure. And I'm sure we'll share it, too, on the DC Primetime page. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But, yeah, I'm excited that Paul's finally joined the network. And uh, he's he's gearing up, man. He's already recorded, which is awesome. Cool. So, uh, but... As always, thank you for being a part of the community. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening and posting and commenting and all that fun stuff. Keep doing it because it makes you eligible for our fan of the month next month or next week. We will announce our fan of the month for January. Keep watching those shows. Enjoy the rest of your week. And until next time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.